Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast. Man, it has been an amazing, amazing 10 years. Um, it has been a blast um, getting to kind of look back. And I got to tell you, for all those who were at Memorial High School with us, when we shot this video, it still smells the same. Um, so I'm, I'm glad we aren't there. And for some of you, you're like hesitant about putting your kids into the nursery. Um, you heard it right. Our first nursery was the girls' locker room. And girls, you're nasty. Um, that's all. That's all. I'm going to say, and my babies and some of your babies were the first ones in there, so um, I promise you our nursery is way better. But man, just looking back, seeing what has happened, it has been a blast to get to do this. It's been the funnest 10 years of my life, honestly, and I had a lot of fun in high school and college too, um, but I, I, I mean that, and uh, I, I said this in first service, and I've gotten to kind of contain myself a little bit better. I cried like a baby in first service, but I just want to thank you. Someone's cutting onions up here that you don't see. Um, <laughs> they're not out there, they're right here. Um, but thank you for letting me be your pastor. Um, it has been just Oh, so, man, it's been a blast. It has been so fun um, and just so meaningful to get to be there and pastor with you guys. Um, and I say this all the time, but what makes Foundation Church so amazing, um, it, it's not the sermons, I know. Um, it's the, the worship, yes, that's part of it, stop it. Um, but um, it is, it's the people, it's you guys. And so thank you, thank you, thank you for what is happening, what is going on. Um, and I, 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 it's just like what it said at the end, we're just getting started and it's so exciting to be here every Sunday. Sunday is my favorite day of the week. And so, um, but we're gonna get started because I'm wasting time this morning. But thank you for all that you've done, for all of you guys that have been here for a while with us or if this is your first time, this is a great day for you to be here because I wanna talk to you about the reason that we even started Foundation Church, and it's in a sermon that has nothing really to do about Foundation Church, but just I want to talk to you this morning about hope. Hope. It's, it's, it's one of those things that when we need it, it seems far off, right? And um, today I want to go into a passage of scripture that we actually sang about this morning, um, that we, we've heard of, we've seen about it, but probably for a lot of us, 
we just don't know what it means, um, to be real honest. Um, some of us have been going to church and we still don't know what it means. And today I want to talk to you out of Ezekiel chapter 37 about the, and, and in Ezekiel chapter 37, it talks about the valley of dry bones. And some of you are like, oh, I didn't know that was in the Bible. Um, it's in the Bible. And so we're going to kind of make sense of it this morning. But let me set up our text and let you know what's going on before we dive into the middle of Ezekiel chapter 37. Um, Ezekiel is a prophet at the time. He's writing a book. And what has happened to the nation of Israel is that Israel has been invaded by the Babylonian empire. This is really quick history that's not boring. The Babylonians came in and wiped off wiped out Israel, destroyed their, their cities, destroyed their temple, destroyed their, 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 their castles. There's no king. There's no temple. Really, in essence, there's no Israel. And the Babylonians decided to take the 10,000 brightest and greatest and take them into the actual Babylonian proper, um, move some of those 10,000 that were really, really sharp to Babylon, um, where they were in, in, in the king's custody and in the king's service. And so at this time, when Ezekiel is writing this book, also the books of Jeremiah are being written and Daniel are being written for some of you that kind of know your Bible. Daniel um, is in the king's court. He's in the king's service. So he is in Babylonia um, writing this. Jeremiah was left back in Judah, back in Israel. And he's kind of talking to all the Jews that have been left behind and dealing with all the rubble and all just kind of the wasteland that is Israel now. And Ezekiel is talking to the 10,000 that have been uh, taken captive, that have been held hostage and taken to the Babylonian empire. And they're at a place they don't want to be at. They're at a place that they, um, they, they want to be in their homeland, um, but they're not. And so this is where the text is picking up from in Ezekiel chapter 37. And we read in verses one through 14 today. And it says this, the Lord took a hold of me and I was carried away by the spirit of the Lord to a valley filled with bones. He led me all around among the bones that covered the valley floor, and they were scattered everywhere across the ground and were completely dried out. Then he asked me, son of man, can these bones become living people again? O sovereign Lord, I replied, you alone know the answer to that. Then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to these bones and say, dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Look. I'm going to put breath into you and make you live again. I will put flesh and muscle on you and cover you with skin. I will put breath into you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I spoke this message just as he told me. And suddenly as I spoke, there was a rattling noise all across the valley. The bones of each body came together and attached themselves as complete skeletons. Now, I want us to stop here just for a second because how crazy, creepy, and cool would this be at the same time, right? Like, I, I'm thinking like Kevin Kunkel, doctor here. Um, Kevin knows exactly how many bones there are. There are so many bones, it's covering the valley floor. So you don't know what hip goes with what spine, with what, like all the different things. And it's like, just like, it's like something out of Harry Potter, like duck, you know, just whop, they're coming together. And I just said Harry Potter on a Sunday morning um, and applied it to the Bible. Um, 
Sorry about that. Some of you are like, I can't listen to him. Um, anyways, verse eight, then I watched muscles and flesh form over the bones. The skin formed to cover their bodies, but still they had no breath in them. Then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to the wind, son of man. Speak a prophetic message and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, O breath from the four winds. Breathe into these dead bodies so they may live again. So I spoke the message as he commanded me and breath came into their bodies and they all came to life and stood up on their feet, a great army. Then he said to me, son of man, these bones represent the people of Israel. They are saying, we have become old, dry bones. All hope is gone and our nation is finished. Therefore, prophesy to them and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Oh, my people, I will open your graves of exile and cause you to rise again. Then I will bring you back to the land of Israel. When this happens, oh, my people, you will know that I am the Lord. I will put my spirit in you and you will live again and return home to your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken and I have done what I said. Yes, the Lord has spoken. Here's what I want us to understand. What do the valley of dry, what do the dry bones represent? Represents Israel. It represents not just the nation of Israel because sometimes we think of land. It represents the people of Israel. And these people are at a place they don't want to be. They're at a place where they feel like all hope is gone and they are the dry bones. Now, it says dry bones very purposeful because when you go to Africa, when you go to Maasai Mara, you'll see bones laying all around where lions have killed stuff or cheetahs or, so, or leopards, something like that, and you see all these bones. Um, but when you, like you'll see some sometimes with meat on them, but when you see dry bones, they're bleached, they have been there a while. It, it means something has been, not just been dead, but it's been dead for a long time. And when something's been dead for a long time, you've lost hope of it ever becoming alive for a long time. And, and that's what the Lord is saying. He's saying, I, I, I see you, Israel. I see right where you are and your dry bones. And, and you feel like, man, that they are totally dried up and all hope is gone. And this morning, I have a feeling there are some people in this place, and maybe you're not even here, maybe you're watching online, but you're here and you say, you know what? I have situations where all hope is gone. I've stopped dreaming, I've stopped hoping that it would get better, and can I tell you, you're at a great place this morning. It says this in verse three, God says, then he asked me, son of man, can these bones become living people again? Can something come out of nothing? Is what God is asking. Oh, sovereign Lord, I replied, you alone know the answer to that. Ezekiel is saying this, like it's being asked a question, you're just like, man, I, I got nothing. I, got, I have no idea if something can come out of this. God, you're the only one that knows the answer to that question. And, and, and here's what I have taken from reading this scripture several times. This is actually my first time to speak out of this passage. Is this, is that the bones, it says, they have covered the complete, you can't even see the ground. Okay, so think of the size of that. And then they're scattered everywhere. 
They're, they're all over the place. There's a femur, there's, there's some ribs, there's a skull, there's a spine, there's arm bones, there's hand bones, there's feet. I mean, they're all over the place. And if, if I'm Ezekiel, I'm looking at this and God's saying, you know, do you believe these bones can come back to life? I'm like, what, what, what? What, are we still looking at the same thing, God? But, but you're the only one that's got to answer that because I can't imagine the scale of being overwhelmed that Ezekiel is feeling. Now, some of you, you like puzzles. I don't know why you like puzzles, but you like puzzles, and you like putting them together. And so um, when you get puzzles, they come into this nice little box. And here's the deal about puzzles is that when you get them, there's a picture to it, right? And inside the hard ones, yeah, inside the hard ones, they come up with this little, this little nifty, isn't that pretty? Oh, that's so pretty. Um, you get like this this, this is like, okay, this is what it's supposed to look like. But to me, Ezekiel is saying, this is like they've been thrown here. Some of you are going, you're freaking out right now. I'm like, who's cleaning that up? Right? He's been doing it for 10 years. Fish. Um, <laughs> here's the deal. Some of you, you're going, why did you just do that? <laughs> What if you walked in and all the puzzle pieces are strewn about, thrown about, and there's no picture given to you? And they're like, put it together. Well, you put it together, sucker. I'm not doing that. You put it together. You do it. It's your puzzle. You strewn it all about. You know, like, you, would, you, you wouldn't even know where to start. You always start with the edges, by the way. Always with the edge. But you wouldn't, you wouldn't know where to go. You go, I, I don't even know, I don't even, I, I don't even know what this is supposed to look like, much less put this stuff together. I, I don't know how it fits together. And some of you, you put puzzle pieces together like me, it's going to fit. If I had to cut it, it's going to fit in that place because it can't go anywhere else. You know, you're like, it's the same color, it's the same shade of blue, it's going in there somehow, Right? And some of you, this is life for you. This is situations for you. This is relationships. This is finances. This is health. This is life. And you look at situations and you look at circumstances and you're going, Justin, I know. Can anything come out of this? I don't know if anything, if life can come out of my situation. Because I don't even know what it's supposed to look like anymore. I don't even know what it could look like. Because it's so far gone that I've stopped hoping. And the question this morning is, how are you going to react in your valley of dry bones? How are you going to act when everything is scattered and you don't know what the picture is even supposed to look like anymore? You don't know where to start. You don't know where to continue. And hope has been lost. What do you do when it's there, when it's at that place and life looks like this? What is your reaction going to be? Because here's what happens for a lot of us. Our reaction becomes we get down. We quit and we get discouraged. We get down, we quit, and we get discouraged with life, period. We have no hope. 
we just kind of get surrounded by the valleys of the dry bones and the dry bones start overtaking us. What is your reaction going to be? Because here, that's the question, but here's what I want us to understand. And, and here's a statement, man, this is the life. This is where I feel like, I feel like I've got to be careful where I walk, what I say, what I do, what I, I, I don't even know how to operate in this any longer. That's where Ezekiel, he doesn't even know where, what, God, I, only you know what's going to come out of this. Here's what I want you to understand because here's why God is having Ezekiel write the story. He's not just having him write this prophecy in this book telling Israel that this is going to be a, a process and it's going to take a while, but his main, pro, his main whole objection in this whole thing was to let Israel know there is still hope in your scatteredness. There is still hope in your mess. There is still hope when you don't know what to do, where to start, or how to even function in it. And I want you to understand this. There is still hope when there's no hope. There is still hope when there's no hope. If you are a follower of Christ, understand this phrase is true this morning. There is still hope when there is no hope. This morning, I'm just going to preach to you and just forget the notes a little bit. There is still hope when there's no hope. Um, what I think movies are, are kind of, there are some movies that I believe form who we become as people. Um, and you're going to argue with me until you hear this point and you're going to be like, I get it now. Um, one of those movies for me that has been life-forming is a movie called Dumb and Dumber. It's fantastic. It's a classic. I'm just telling you. It's a classic. Parents, wait to watch it with your kids. <laughs> But there's this, there's, this, there's this point, and some of you already know where I'm going. There's this point where Lloyd, <laughs> Jim Carrey, asks a lady, this, this lady that he's really crushing on, and he says, so, 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 what's the chances of a guy like me ending up with a girl like you? One in 10, one in a hundred, one in a thousand, just shoot me straight, you know, just shoot me straight. And he's waiting there and she pauses for a dramatic effect and she goes, more like one in a million. And he ponders it and he thinks, and all of you are already saying the tagline. And he comes out and he's saying, so you're saying there's a chance, right? Like, he's like, there's an opportunity. There's still hope when there's no hope. Can I tell you, I had to apply that type of thinking to my relationship with Casey. We celebrated 20 years of marriage this week. Um, <laughs> someone should give my wife like a belt or a trophy, just like I am the champ. <laughs> I've been during this for 20 years. But um, when, when I first met Casey, uh, she was there my junior year in college. I went to a small Christian college down in, in Texas. And here's the deal, not, this does not apply to ORU, so, so hear me. But at Southwestern, there were not very many attractive girls that were normal. Like if they were hot, they were crazy. You're like, man, your hot's off the scale, but your crazy's even worse. Um, and I was like, I, don't, I, can, I can do hot, but I can't do crazy. Um, Whew, I'll do ugly before I do crazy. Anyways, um, um, but I wasn't into doing ugly either. So um, I'm sitting there, you're like, who is this guy right now? Um, and so when someone that was normal, that was attractive came on campus, you better pay attention 
and get to business. Like, you better get to work. And so the, there was only two days that the guys were allowed in the girls' dorms and the girls were allowed in the guys' dorms and you were supposedly helping them move in. You were really checking out who's new. Um, and so I'm walking through saying hi to my friends. I've shoved all my stuff in my dorm room. I'm like, I'll get to it in a little bit. And I passed by Casey Boyd at that time's uh, uh, dorm room and I walked by and I said, whoop. And I walked in and she's on her, her Swatch phone. Um, some of you remember the Swatch phones um, that you could see through. Um, and she's painting her toenails. I'm like, hey girl, you're new here. And I like sat on her bed and started talking to her. And, and here's the deal, I'm thinking, I'm Justin. Like people know me from small college, just great. I, I'm one of the normal ones, right? She did not see it that way. So, <laughs> Casey didn't want to date me. Um, she, all her friends, which she didn't have any because she was new there, um, but when she made friends, they're like, stay away from that guy. All my friends were like, stay away from that guy. Um, when, we <laughs> when we finally did start dating, all, her parents were unsure of us, you know, and I was just like, man, here, here's the deal. I kept pursuing because I knew if I was persistent long enough, she would finally agree to go on a date with me if for no other reason just to leave her alone, right? And then she got a taste of the goodness of Justin. Um, <laughs> like a can of Pringles. Once you pop, you can't stop, baby. Um, here's the deal. Where everybody else was saying, you don't have any shot, I still knew I had a chance. Right? Are you saying there's, I still knew there was hope. And hope defined means this, the belief that something good will happen. The belief that something good will happen. And what you need to understand this morning is even when there is no hope, if you belong to Jehovah God, if you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, there is still hope when there is no hope. Even when it's death, we do not grieve as those who have no hope, right? There's still tomorrow. There's still eternity. There's still hope when there is no hope. Ezekiel 37 verses 11 through 2, 11 through 12 says, then he said to me, son of man, these bones represent the people of Israel. They are saying we have become old, dry bones and all hope is gone. Our nation is finished. Therefore prophesy to them and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says, O oh my people, I will open your graves of exile and cause you to rise again. Then I will bring you back to the land of Israel. What he is saying is I see you in the middle of it. I see you in the mess of it all and I'm not done with it at all. I, I see where you're putting a period and you think it's a statement, but I have put a comma where you have put a, a period and I am still continuing to work in your situation, in your circumstance and in your life understand there is still hope when there is no hope. And my prayer today is this, for every one of us in this place, that life is this, that your, your life is scattered and dried out and you feel all hope is gone, that you have a 1513 effect. In Romans 1513, they don't have this verse up there. So if you have your Bible, your, your, your U, U version app, whatever it may be, Bible app, Romans 1513, says this, out of the New Living Translation, 
It says, I pray that God, the source of hope, the source, not, not just hope, I love this, the source of hope, the, where hope was birthed from came from the Savior you serve. I pray that God, the creator of hope, the place where hope comes from, it can't come from anywhere else. The source of hope will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. When you allow yourself to still trust even though you can't see how it's going to come together. When you allow yourself to trust even when it's scattered, even when all hope is gone, then you say, man, I know that I can still have hope when there's no hope. I know there's still a chance because of the source of hope is my Savior. When you trust trust it says he will fill you with joy and peace and then your life will be filled with confident hope and the power of the holy spirit this morning can i tell you i hope that you have a 1513 effect in your life and in your situation because hear me this morning what i know is this your life is going to be full of something and this stage right here your life is going to be full of something and it's either going to be full of God or others. It's going to be either full of God or other things. And you're going to lean into God and trust him or you're going to start trying to trust and your ability and your talent and your resources and getting over it. Or you can realize there's still hope when there's no hope. Here's what the word of the Lord says this morning. In Luke chapter 1 verse 37 it says, For no word from God will ever fail. Job 42 verse 2 says, I am convinced you can do anything and everything. Nothing and no one can upset your plans. Jeremiah 32 17, all Lord God, it is you who have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and by your stretched out, outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. Nothing is too hard for you. Mark 10, 27, Jesus looked at them and said, with man this is impossible, but not with God. All things are possible with God. Genesis 32, 14 says, is there, is there really anything too hard for the Lord? At the appointed time, I will return to you about this time next year, and Sarah will have a son. I've read you passages out of Ezekiel. I've read you passages out of Job. I've read you passages out of Genesis that are talking about Abraham and Sarah. I've talked to you about Jeremiah who were all in places where it wasn't about their talent to make it happen. It wasn't about their resources to make it happen. It wasn't about their ability to make it happen. It was literally dependent on the power of God to bring forth the hope that they were desiring in this morning. It's not about your ability. It's not about your resources. It's not about you this morning, but it is about the hope that God wants to put inside you, birth in you, and bring forth out of you. You got to understand there is still hope when there is no hope. Nothing, nothing is impossible for God. So what do we do? What do we do? We speak to our bones. We become bone speakers. We speak to our bones. This isn't real, just so you know. Ezekiel 37, verse 4 through 11. It said, then, then he said to me, speak 
a prophetic message to these bones and say, dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I am going to put breath into you and make you live again. I will put flesh and muscles on you and cover you with skin. I will put breath into you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I spoke this message just as he told me. And suddenly as I spoke, there was a rattling noise all across the valley. The bones of each body came together and attached themselves as complete skeletons. Then as I watched, muscles and flesh formed over the bones. Then skin formed to cover their bodies, but they still had no breath in them. Then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to the wind, son of man. Speak a prophetic message and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, O breath from, from the four winds. Breathe into these dead bodies so they may live again. So I spoke the message as he commanded, and breath came into their bodies, and they all came to life and stood up on their feet, a great army. Can you speak to your bones? I imagine a valley full of this, full, full of just bone, and, and, and God saying, "Speak to it." What? Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> speak to you. Speak to it. Like I don't understand. Speak to it. This is crazy. This, like, I understand if you speak God, something will happen. But man, if I speak, what's going to happen? But did you notice nothing happened until Ezekiel spoke to his bones? Not, nothing happened until Ezekiel was obedient to speak. It looked crazy because it was crazy. It sounds crazy because it's crazy. And can I tell you, what, what I truly believe, if something's going to come out of this, when life is like this, if you're going to see crazy, you got to start talking crazy. If you're going to believe and see crazy things, man, you got to believe crazy things, speak to crazy things, because what I know is this, is that crazy is birthed from crazy. We want to see the miraculous without being in a situation that takes the miracles. And I'm telling you, you may be here and you're like, it's going to be nothing short of a miracle. What are you going to do with your bones. Man, you can pout over them, you can sulk over them, or you can start speaking life into them and prophesying over them and praying over them and saying, man, life's going to come out of this situation. Life's going to come out of this relationship. I know everybody else is saying there's no hope, there's no chance that it's over, that it's done, but I'm calling forth life out of this because if I want what God wants for the reason God wants it, I am unstoppable and I am unbeatable. Man, if you can get a hold of this, it doesn't matter if it's finances, it doesn't matter if it's health. The Bible says nothing is too hard for the Lord. Can you talk to your bones? Can you speak, man? There's got to be some bone speakers in this place that rise up. Man, I'm going to just, I don't care what I look like to everybody else. And, and, and here, he had to do it when nobody else was around too. See, it's, it's easy for us to do it while people are here and agreeing with us. But can you still talk to your bones when they've left you? Can you still talk to your bones when people talk about you? Man, if they can walk away from you, let them walk. Keep speaking to your bones in your situation. When, when they quit, can you keep talking to your bones? Man, can, can you keep, because here's one thing, I've got I've to wrap this up, but, but here's one thing I, I know. This was the end. Right? This was lost potential. It's a place of sorrow, a place of regret, a place of what could be, 
a valley of dry bones, place of what should have been. This was the, they, they've been dead for a long time and hope had been gone for a long time. I've noticed it's very easy to speak life into something when it's early and when it's beginning and when it's birth, but can you speak to something when it's at the end? Can you, can you still speak at it when it's at the end and it didn't go like you thought it would because that's where Ezekiel is. He's speaking at the end right now. He's speaking when nobody else is around to speak to those bones and he still spoke to it. It didn't look like he thought. It didn't happen like he thought, but there was still hope when there was no hope. He still had the belief that something good was going to happen and he was willing to speak to his bones when nobody else was around and when he had come to the end of the situation. And hear me, if you can learn to speak to your bones, even when you're at the end of your rope, even when you're at the end of the situation and there's nobody to shout with you and sing with you and everybody else has walked around with you, maybe, just maybe, the miraculous will happen because the Bible says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. If God be for me, who can be against me? He is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. Good hope can come out of your situation where there is no hope. When we started this church, when we started this church, it wasn't like we thought it would be. We moved from Oklahoma City to Tulsa. I had lost my job. I've been let go. It's a nice way of saying fired. Oh, you got let go. No, I got, I got fired. I, you may have gotten let go. I got fired, Right? It wasn't, it wasn't supposed to look like this. This wasn't how we were supposed to start our church. We walked in and we rented a house just in case the church didn't make it, being really big people of faith. We rent a house and we're alone. I'm working at Starbucks and people come in. I realize it's really creepy for me to talk while holding a skull. Um, I'm walking. <laughs> Are you listening now? Um, um, and and I, I start working at Starbucks and I used to be a youth pastor in Tulsa and people would come in from my old church and they'd be like, oh, oh Justin, what are you doing here? Oh, I'm, I'm going to start a church. Bless his heart. You know, like, like you could, you, here, here's what happened is that people would walk in and be like, oh, there's another minister that's washed up. There's another minister that quit ministry. You know what? There wasn't a, there, uh, Kevin Kunkel, there wasn't a, Kirkendalls, there wasn't a lot of people ready to go. There was very few that believed. The vision and the life that was going to come out of it. My wife didn't even want to move here. She didn't want to start a church because she was hurt for the last time. She, she was done with ministry. And, and God spoke this to her, she says, one of the loudest things I've ever heard God say to me, he said this, if you'll just be willing, I'll take care of the rest. Can I tell you what? I believe God spoke to my wife is what he is speaking to you. And I got news for you. You're sitting in my valley of dry bones. 
You are the army that has been arisen and been made to life. Can I tell you where there was nothing and when there was just bones and there was nobody else speaking and I was speaking to it alone while it was just a thought and it was just a dream. Now there's a church that's running about 700 people that God has spoken life into. Now there are churches being planted into Africa because God has spoken breath and life into. Now there are connect groups that are going that we don't have enough connect groups for all the people. Now we're looking at going to three services and we're looking for another building. Why? Because God's breath, when it takes hold, it always brings life and there is hope when there's no hope. I don't care if you're working at Starbucks. I don't care if you don't have money. If you don't have anybody with you, man, if God is for you, you can't lose this morning. Start speaking to your bones. Speak to your bones. Don't sulk about it. Speak to it and watch what God happens. Let's bow our heads. Let's close our eyes. God, we love you. We thank you for today. God, I thank you for what you are doing, and I pray that in this place, God, that you would birth dreams, that you would birth hope because you are the source of hope, the belief that something good is going to happen. The belief that something good is going to come out of my disorder and my mess. And so, Lord, I thank you for what you have done, but you're not done yet. Lord, you are no respecter of men. You don't favor one over the other. So what you did for Abraham, what you did for Job, what you did for Ezekiel and Jeremiah, you will do for us. Lord Jesus, I just pray, let us be willing. Because if we just be willing... You'll take care of the rest. We may not even know where to start. We may not know how it's even going to look at the end of it. But God, if, we will, if we'll just be willing this morning, you'll take care of the rest. So Lord, I pray, man, breathe life into situations. Oh God, let us realize there's still hope even if we're discouraged, man, even if we're upset, even if we're tired and we're tired of hoping and we're tired of going because we're doing it alone, God, I pray we'll realize Ezekiel was alone, but he kept talking to the bones. Let us keep talking to the bones and do something that we could never do on our own. With heads bowed and eyes closed this morning, if you're here, say, Justin, I'm in this place and I don't know Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior we want to give you a chance to change that maybe you're here and you say I just need to recommit my life because where I'm at isn't where I should be when I count to three if that's you I just invite you to raise your hand right where you are and we're going to lead you in a prayer that will change your life one two three is there anyone here today you say Justin that's me today yeah there's one there's two there's three is there anyone else you join these three hands that are in this place say, Justin, man, that's me. There's, there's some things that just got to get changed. Yeah, I see you. There's four hands that are raised in this place. Is there anyone else? Say, Justin, that's me today. And I want to join these four hands that are lifted across this place. Yeah, I see you. There's five. Is there anyone else before we go any further in service? Man, this is the biggest thing, man. This is where it comes to life in your life. Your spirit has been dormant and it has been dead. And God wants to do a new thing in you, man. This is your moment. Is there anyone else before we go? Yeah, I see you. Is there anyone else? You join these six hands that are lifted before we go in. Yeah, there's seven. Is there anyone else? You join these seven hands. That are, yeah, there's eight. Is there anyone else? You join these hands. There's not anyone else. You just say, man, there's a moment right now that I need to have in my relationship. Yes, there's more hands going up. Is there anyone else? 
you just say, Justin, that's me. I'm going to join these 10 or so hands that are going up before we go any further in service. That God needs to breathe, breathe life into my soul. Is there anyone else before we go any further? Yeah, you join any of these hands that are lifted. If you raise your hand, if you please repeat this prayer after me and mean it from your heart. Jesus, I come before you today and I confess that I have sinned and that I have messed up. But I ask for your forgiveness. Man, I turn away from the life that I was living to grab hold of the life you have for me. I confess you, Jesus Christ, to be the Lord and Savior of my life. I'm going to live for you the rest of my days. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Can we give these 10 or so individuals that raise their hand a huge round of applause? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, here's how I want to... Thanks so much for listening to our podcast. If you have any questions or in need of prayer or would like to join a connect group, feel free to email me at Nicole at foundationschurch.tv. We hope that you enjoyed this message. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, you can email us at info at foundationschurch.tv or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv.